for help tonight. Lord, I thank you so very much that you are with us, that you love us, that you are full, you are full to overflowing of peace and of joy. I ask that you'd help us to hear your voice tonight, that you would help us to understand what you want us to, and that it would be real in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's turn to a little book towards the back of your Bible called Titus. Titus. It's, you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, got the Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, keep going. First and second Timothy, it's after second Timothy, this letter, short letter from Paul, might even be only one page in your Bible called Titus. And I'd like to read tonight from chapter three. I'm so excited about this, this talk tonight. I've been so looking forward to being with you. Titus chapter 3. Everybody there? Okay, Titus chapter 3. Let's start uh, in verse 3 because I like it. It makes me feel a little better about myself. Once we, too, were foolish and disobedient. Oh, good. I'm not the only one. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of envy, uh, full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But, and here's one of the big buts in the Bible. Yeah, I said it. But, when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Those of you that are taking notes, the title of uh, tonight is Up. I like this movie. In fact, you probably could do a sermon series on this movie, but that's not what I'm going to do tonight. But I thought the word up was a really good description for what I want to talk about. How many of you know that if you are here tonight and you are a Jesus believer, a Jesus follower, you're going up? You can't help it. You can't help it. You are going up. And tonight I want the truth of the Word to wash over you. Wash over you. I love the ocean. Maybe a little too much. I'm not like somebody sent me the YouTube recently of the the, the lady who was concerned about the shark attack saying, go to the beach, don't go to the ocean. That's the shark's house. So look it up, you will, you'll, you'll thank me later. Um, I'm not like her. I go to the beach to get in the ocean, even though it's always trying to throw me out. But one thing I kind of, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm really not a control freak. I'm more of an adrenaline freak myself. I kind of like being a little bit out of control. 
And so I kind of like jumping off things, which I used to do a lot um, at heights. And I love the water. And I like the sensation. It's calming to me to get out into the ocean where just kind of swim, just kind of treading water, and just feel the current. Call me weird, especially because I'm from Oregon, where the current goes the other way. The water's coming down from Alaska, and it is cold, (laughs) really cold. You get hypothermia doing that. But I like that sensation of the waves washing over me and being overwhelmed. Uh, partially because to me it is a reminder that God is so much bigger than me. That no matter how big my problem seems, God's got this. God's in control. And as the waves wash over me, I'm reminded that God's in control. And I'm in the ocean. It doesn't matter if my bills got paid. It doesn't matter if I'm still insecure or whatever the deal is. God's got this. So tonight I want the truth of the word to wash over you like waves. God's got this. Oh, what is this truth? We're up. We're going up. This is kind of a weird, touchy-feely message. I know, but you're going to enjoy it. (laughs) We will inherit eternal life. We will inherit eternal life. Let's go back in your Bible, maybe quotation marks, verses 4 through 7. Verses 4 through 7, this explicit section of Scripture that is stated to be something that should be taught over and over. And if you've been here four years, I'm sorry this is the first time you're hearing this. All right, you can laugh, it's okay. Verse 4, when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, now what's He talking about? He's talking about Jesus, right? God our Savior revealed His kindness and love through Jesus. He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done. And how many of you that don't have a great track record are happy about that? Right? I am happy about that. Uh, our growing up years, I was, a, I, was a, I was a black sheep. I was a person always doing wrong stuff. Rebecca was not. We had a different life path. Not because of any righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. God's mercy, which is to say when God does not punish us when we deserve it because Jesus paid the price. Are you with me? That was really good. I'm going to say that again. God's mercy, when God does not punish us though we deserve it because Jesus paid the price. You're kind of starting to feel the waves. Because what this will do is start to wash away some stuff you're worried about. Because of His mercy, He washed away our sins. It's not just a one-time occurrence in your life. Come on, think about it right here, right now. Confess your sins. Repent. Tell God what you did that was wrong. Confess your faith in Him. Make a dedication statement to God and say, I'm not going back to my sins. Well, guess what? You make those steps and you're clean. He washed us. This specifically referring to those who have repented, those who have accepted the forgiveness of Jesus. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth. Well, that's a weird word. You're one of those born-agains. Yes! Jesus conversation, a late night conversation. I like late night conversations. I do. I like 
You know, I like Ben. You know one reason why, uh, this Ben, not myself, that wasn't, I was talking about my, myself in the third person. One reason I like Ben is because Ben can have all night conversations. It reminds me of college. It makes me feel young again. At least I used to be able to. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like late night conversations. Paul, writing to Titus, is referring to Jesus' words recorded for us in John 3, where we get John 3.16, which is Jesus speaking, Jesus having a late-night conversation with Nicodemus, a, a, a spiritual leader who does not understand what salvation and new birth and this cleansing is really talking about. And he's ta- Jesus is talking about being born again and is in the context of Jesus talking about us having a new birth and a new life that God has accomplished for us. It is Jesus explaining it when he says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And it is Jesus who then goes on to explain in the next verse, for God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him it might be saved. Come on, somebody! That's exciting! That's what Paul's talking about, giving us a new birth. Boy, if you're here tonight and you've not experienced new birth, there has never been a better moment than right now, than tonight. New birth and new life. Now, this is an important distinction. Paul is writing about both that initial moment that first moment when you confess your sins and you receive the new birth, and then every day for the rest of your life. Thank you. God is giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father up in heaven, preparing a place for us, interceding for us. It is not Jesus that walks the earth today. Kanye is a little mixed up. It is God, the Holy Spirit. I kind of get what he was going for, but, you know, another day. God the Holy, through God the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a significant phrase. We don't have time to explain that tonight, but there's a reason that that's there. But the main point is that that initial, that initial moment of your conversion, that initial moment of you receiving salvation, but remember, what's the grammar of salvation in the, in, the, in, the New, in the New Testament? I have been saved, I am now being saved, and I will yet be saved. Jesus is not in this just for your past. Jesus is not in this to ignore your past and just talk about today. Jesus is not only in this to redeem your past, convert you today, but for your future! See, when Jesus looks at your life, his windshield is a lot bigger than the rearview mirror. Giving us a new birth and new life. He's saying, yes, in the muck and the mire of what you've got to deal with today and tomorrow morning, Jesus is there with you then. So good. Next, he generously generously, that's the kind of God we serve, poured out the Spirit upon us. What's he talking about? Acts chapter 2, the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel 2, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, a baptism and immersion of the Spirit, which at times includes this speaking of tongues, right? He poured out the Spirit upon us through, through who? Jesus Christ, our Savior, the captain of our salvation, because of his grace. 
What's his, we talked about His mercy. What is His grace? When his grace is when He gives us good that we do not deserve. His mercy is when He does not punish us the way we do deserve. His grace is when He pours out good on us that we do not deserve. Oh, I thank God for His mercy and His grace. Because of His grace. Now, you've got to catch this. This is, the waves got to start to crash over you, okay? Listen, this will matter if you digest this, if you taste this, and you start to digest this, and you start to apply this. This will change your tomorrow morning. Yeah, I said it. A curse word in church, Monday. <laughs> this will affect your... Hey, I'm human, people. <laughs> this, uh, is it bad that I think about coffee as I'm going to bed? I'm not lying. I like, I lay down in bed and I'm already lusting after my morning cup of coffee. I have a problem. I might, my name is Ben. I'm addicted to coffee. I might have a problem, right? So, I know Monday mornings, that, that can be tough, right? His grace, this is really important that you start to learn this truth. His grace declared, uh, because of His grace, He declared us righteous. What's that word? That's a for church people word. Let's explain that. That means God said, because of Jesus, God said that you are in right standing. You are in healthy, pure, clean, right relationship with Him and with other people. Did we deserve that? Well, I can answer for myself. Oh, heck no. Right? No, we don't deserve that. But he declares it. Now, how many of you would believe that if God, who said, let there be light and there was light, declares something, that it is true? And yet, have you ever stood in church and felt dirty? Okay, let me just answer. I have. Have you ever not wanted to come to church because you felt dirty? I have. I have. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm, uh, I have. But what is the gospel truth? What is? Are you happy to be hearing the good news tonight? <laughs> the gospel truth is that no matter how you are feeling, no matter how you are feeling, no matter what you have done, if you will come to Him, if you will repent, if you will confess your sins and ask for His grace and forgiveness, right? That's the gospel truth, the context of this letter. He declares us righteous. He, he said it. So let it be written, so let it be done. God said it. Right? It's done. He didn't set it, forget it. He said it's done. He declares us righteous and, and I have found that a huge percentage of the problems that Christians face are because they're not in this last phrase. I get your attention? This, this, this last phrase, this is really important. This is the up. And gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. We will. Not maybe, not if, not we will. He gave us confidence, and again, this is 
The context of this letter is those that are saved, regenerated. And that's a whole, we've talked about that before, exactly what that means. He gave us confidence we will inherit eternal life. Where are you headed? Up! Up! No matter what you face on Monday, it is temporary. 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 It is a tiny fraction of your whole existence, which includes eternity. Oh, God is good. Oh, God is good. How many of you are glad that eternity is coming? You are headed up. So what do we see in this verse? Three really important, distinct thoughts in verses 4 through 7. One, it is God through Jesus who makes us clean. And you just say, I am clean. It works better that way, right? I am clean. I was in L.A. once, and uh, this family had uh, loaned me this big boat of a car, and I was in South Central L.A., a Hispanic section where white people are not supposed to be by themselves. And, and um, I was rolling through the parking lot of this restaurant where I got some killer tamales. And these two little boys are walking across the parking lot. One of them says, Hey, man, make it go like this! <laughs> It wasn't equipped. <laughs> yeah. You'd have thought I have enough energy, I could just do it myself. It is God through Jesus who makes us clean. I'm telling you, I don't know who this message is for, but God totally changed my plans this week. Totally changed my plans. Some of us need to hear that in Jesus we are clean. God is not about to sweep stuff under the rug, but He can redeem your past. That thought you had five minutes ago. He can redeem your past. God's not in your past. Who are you today through Jesus? You are clean. You are clean. You are new. You have new life. This is really important. You don't need to look in the mirror and think about yourself based on who you used to be. You know, one reason why a lot of people move to different parts of the country is so they can start over because nobody in that new city knows who they are. One reason people don't like Baltimore, they call Smaltimore because it's a small enough city that kind of everybody knows. Man, if I'm with Ronald and Val, forget about it. We're going to meet somebody in the city that they know. Right? Right? Everybody knows everybody. So some people want to get out of town because they know me as the such and such or the this and that. But in Jesus, you are new. You've got new life. And in Jesus, you are headed up. Now, this is a picture of Manuel Cisneros. Manuel was working in a plant making parts for helicopters and was living life kind of not the way he should on the edge and got laid off of his job and found himself homeless. But in Ventura, California, 
It's in homeless in Ventura, California, and you may have seen some pictures of some of his work. He started being homeless, sleeping on the beach, stacking rocks. So the picture that you see here, or for you put into Google images, rock stacking, balancing, whatever, Ventura, California, you will see hundreds of pictures of him. So the picture on the left, there's no tricks. There's no super glue. There's no rod going through the middle of the rocks. And in fact, multiple news channels, magazines, and stuff have done stories on him. And he just started to find a peace and a calm in the middle of his life being turned upside down by, he had always worked with his hands. He just takes a rock and finds a place. And then he just, he holds it. And with his hands, he just kind of moves it until he can find a perfect balancing point where it will stay vertical. And this is what he did for a few months, being homeless. And then he'd find another rock, and he'd stack it on top of that one and just do the same thing. He'd just do it for hours and hours on end. And when he started, every morning he'd come back and they'd all be knocked over. You know, there's teenagers everywhere, right? <laughs> Might have been me. I don't know. You know. And, he, and then he'd start over. And now he's actually ended up making money from this. He started finding balance. And so I was watching a little thing on a show, one of the shows my kids and I like to watch together, and they were doing this interview with him, and they were showing all the rock balancing, and of course the guy who's interviewing him is trying to do it himself, and they're all falling down, and he's like, man, this is crazy what this guy can do. And my imagination's a little out there, a lot of, you know, childish entertainment, as you can tell. Um, and what was, to me, my my imagination, you may have heard the the passage of scripture before about, you know, don't let the rocks cry out for you. You know, you worship God for yourself. If if we don't worship God, the rocks will cry out and glorify God. And so I kind of animated the rocks in my imagination. They had little personalities and, you know, I don't like being on that guy. That guy stinks or, you know, whatever, you know, that's that's the guy that the seagulls always get or something, you know. But what was for me, like, I just had this imagination that all of a sudden the rocks were like, you know, pointing up, pointing up. And um, I was walking the dog and thinking of these pictures in my brain of the rocks, just, you know. And I started to think about the fact that um, in my life, when I have found the strength to break bad habits, to stop sinning, to grow, and to change, and to find new peace, um, was really when I was exploding with love for God. When I was exploding with gratitude, with the, the, the waves crashing over me of what God's forgiveness, of what being made clean really meant. And, and it was like, oh yeah, those things are connected. I experienced real life change when, when, when God and his salvation and the truth of his salvation was suddenly more important to me than anything else that was going on in my life at that time. Am I making any sense? Now, I know that there are seasons of life, and I know that it's really difficult to, you know, all the time. And I know that it's also really difficult to have God so much in your view that it crowds out everything else. I get it. I get it. It's tough. 
jobs, bills, challenges, this, that, and the other. Netflix, YouTube, holy fat cow, there's something to do every second of the day. I was just telling somebody, I can't do dishes at home without having a podcast in my ears. You know, I, I get it. It's easy. But when occasionally we've got to have kind of a spiritual checkup, I don't go for checkups. I, I, gotta, I got another one I got to schedule. But occasionally we got to go for spiritual checkups. And when we're feeling stressed and when we're feeling weighed down, it's because in part we're not pointing up. <laughs> because we're not exploding with joy because the truth of God's love for us isn't bigger in our view than everything else in life. And that's where we need to be. How do we do that? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to put it on the screen. You don't need to turn there. Philippians chapter 4. How? How? How do we do this? How are we exploding with joy? How, how, how do we make it so that our life is always pointing up? We're always pointing to Jesus. That we're exploding on the inside with gratitude for our salvation and with love. How? Philippians 4.8 Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Yes, there is indeed power in positive thinking. There is even more power in focusing on God and His truth. And Jesus talks about John 4, worship in spirit and truth. He's talking about worshiping with all your guts, with all your emotion, with all your passion, and worshiping in a right alignment with God and in a foundational truth of who you are in God, who God is, and what the relationship with God is in truth. And so some reading, some learning from the Word is required to worship both in spirit and in truth. And if I'm going to worship God in spirit and in truth so that my guts are exploding with gratitude and joy so that I'm going up, I need some self-control. There he goes, cussing in church again. Fix. See, I, I, I hate to confess this, but the truth of the matter is, is that when I have read this before, I read it a little bit more like this. Fix your thoughts on what's unreliable and negative and trashy and digging up the dirt and whatever brings up a juicy conversation. If there are any skeletons in the closet, any gossip, anything gossip worthy, think on these things. Only me? No. No. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I thank God for the truth in this passage in Titus 3. That through Him, we are clean. We are new. We are headed up. Are you glad? Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It is when God is larger in my view that then I can say these other things. Jimmy, will you come and play a song for us as we prepare to close? It is when God is exploding in my view 
follow me on the screen here with these statements that I can say, there is no problem he cannot solve. There is no question he cannot answer. There is no disease he cannot heal. There is no demon he cannot cast out. There is no enemy he cannot defeat. There is no difficulty he cannot overcome. There is no stronghold he cannot bring down. There is no bondage he cannot break. There is no prison he cannot open. There is no need he cannot meet. There is no mountain he cannot move. There is nothing too hard for our God. Stand with me, please. Let's close in a time of prayer. I'm so glad that what we're talking about tonight is not just excitement, but it's true. It's true. Should you just close your eyes just to kind of put yourself away with God right now, folks, so that you can focus on Him?